So hello my friends, Devon Lennox here, Photography PX. In today's video, we'll discuss mirrorless versus DSLRs. Do know you can find timestamps and links in the description down below, as well as the pinned comment. And also know this is not a sponsored video. Let's get started. The debate between DSLR or mirrorless cameras remains a hot topic in our industry, but those days are slowly numbering as most camera manufacturers are committed to mirrorless. For instance, take Sony's new Alpha One, a mirrorless camera, not a DSLR, currently standing as arguably the greatest camera ever released. Even so, with several flagship DSLR releases, such as Nikon's excellent D780, we can't call them officially dead quite yet, especially considering the newest DSLRs are now sporting confident mirrorless tech to give them a noticeable edge over their peers. So it seems DSLR cameras continue paving a way with a particular skill set that makes them competitive, despite the trends. Thus, DSLRs are still good for some creators, while others mirrorless will be better. In today's video, we'll cover the pros and cons of each platform so you can decide which is ultimately best for your workflow. Let's begin by covering the differences, which could be potential deal breakers to you. And you can use these factors as the guiding force to pick which type of camera is ultimately best. Let's first start off with viewfinders. Both cameras use viewfinders, letting you compose a picture by holding the camera to your eye. But the underlying technology between both of them varies. DSLRs use what is called an optical viewfinder, short for OVF. In this viewfinder, the incoming picture is reflected into a pentaprism or pentamere glass array. There, the pentaprism bounces the incoming light, inverting it for proper upright viewing. Then when you depress the shutter, the pentaprism mirror flips up, letting the image past it to expose the sensor. This pentaprism design is what ultimately created SLRs, also known as single reflex cameras, then eventually digital SLRs. Before then, you would have a dedicated lens for focusing and another for shooting. Mirrorless cameras, on the other hand, remove the SLR configuration altogether and said they take a different approach by adding an electronic viewfinder, also known as EVF, that duplicates the sensor's information into the viewfinder electronically. Doing so, they offer a real-time preview of the sensor known as Live View, and this design entirely removed the need for a mirror and optical viewfinder configuration. But in the early days, EVFs paled in their viewing experience compared to optical viewfinders. They lacked clarity, detail, resolution, and size. They also suffered from latency and blackout, making it challenging to track action. Thus, most photographers wrote them off as mostly a gimmick. But since 2014, the technology and designs have improved, and today's EVFs are now quite comparable to optical viewfinders. We now have models boasting 9 million dot resolutions with near lifelike realism. Manufacturers have also reduced the viewfinder lag and blackout times by improving their refresh rates. And some models have finally removed the blackout altogether, which first occurred with Sony's Alpha 9. But today's optical viewfinders have also improved as well. Many now offer on-screen displays using illuminated LED panels to overlay shooting information like exposure settings and battery life onto the OVF. So many models offer some of the core functionality provided by EVFs. Even so, there are some pros and cons to this design. First, let's start with the pros. Without the pentaprism array, mirrorless cameras can provide a real-time preview of the scene, and this becomes a key advantage when capturing one-off moments and for beginners new to digital photography. The reasoning is that you can see the exposure as is, and you can make adjustments without first having to take the photo, then reviewing it in playback. EVFs also let you notice changes to white balance, preview color effects, or picture profiles, which isn't possible with an OVF. Additionally, they're also more sensitive to light and offer better low light viewing, typically a pitfall of an OEF. 
but there are cons as well. Many mirrorless cameras offer a relatively low quality viewing experience compared to a pentaprism equipped DSLR. The reasoning here is that OVFs provide an uninterrupted image of the scene without any artifacts such as strange colors, pixelation, distortion, banding, and ghosting. Instead, they give you a naked eye view of the world, and this makes DSLRs generally better at tracking moving subjects without the inherent lag that comes with most mirrorless cameras. Additionally, EVFs tend to have lower magnifications, which represents their general viewing size. With a smaller magnification, they don't have very large engulfing fields of view, so you have to squint quite a bit when you're looking through these viewfinders, and that causes eye strain for most photographers over time. Many older EVF panels also lack contrast and have incorrect color calibrations, causing inaccuracies in how you see the image, and you can end up overcompensating changes unnecessarily. So combined, these are the reasons why many sports, wildlife, and photojournalists continue to use DSLRs, but OVFs don't offer any digital rendering of the captured image, so no previews and the like. Thus, you'll have to review the captured images in playback to make changes, and this process, known as chimping, dramatically slows the workflow, but at least they're inherently lag-free when composing, which is now just becoming possible amongst flagship mirrorless cameras, so there is a trade-off between both of these. Next, let's talk about autofocusing. There are two main autofocusing systems on the market today, contrast detection and phase detection. Contrast detection is the autofocusing system used on most compact cameras. With this system, the camera focuses by measuring the differences between contrast across the focusing range, and it focuses on the element of highest contrast. While this type of focusing is generally more accurate, there is a caveat, and that is it's not as fluid or smooth. Each time you focus, the camera pulses through the entire range until it reaches a distance that yields the most contrast. This isn't much of an issue with compact cameras since they have smaller sensors and less complicated lens structures, but this process is painfully slow on full-frame cameras given their larger sensors and more complicated lenses. The next autofocusing system is phase detection, also known as PDAF. With phase detection, the camera uses a separate sensor to direct focus. There it compares two instances of your subject from varying angles, and it uses the differences between them to determine which way to refocus the lens. Canon 70D was the first DSLR to initiate this particular change by bringing dual pixel CMOS AF to the market. At first, PDAF wasn't as accurate as contrast detection, but it provided substantially faster AF speeds. But today's manufacturers have refined the technology, and it's now the industry standard. In the beginning too, mirrorless cameras didn't offer PDF due to their compact designs being unable to accommodate the separate PDF sensor. So for years, they remained painfully slow compared to DSLRs with this technology. But today, things have changed there too. And most mirrorless cameras offer a combination of PDAF and contrast detection for speed and precision. But there are pros and cons with this particular design as well. Nearly all cameras released since 2017 have PDAF systems, be they DSLR or mirrorless cameras, especially mid-range or higher models. And these systems are ideal for most applications, which is why it's become standardized. PDAF is smooth, fast, and consistent, and it does so without any excessive hunting or focused breathing that plagues most contrast detect AF systems, causing missed moments. But there is one con, and the only instance PDAF is a downsize is in fast-paced action photography, like capturing sports and wildlife. In these instances, contrast detection is usually more accurate, while PDAF is slightly hit or miss, and not as reliable since the subject is constantly moving across the focus plane. But this gap between the systems isn't as wide these days. Even so, it can cause missed shots during high continuous burst shooting, depending on the model you're using. 
Next, let's move over into battery life. Battery life and general longevity is a critical separator between these cameras. Even basic entry-level DSLRs like the Canon's SL3 and Nikon's D3500 can both capture 1,500 plus shots with ease. And several high-end DSLRs can reach 2,500 plus shots. Mirrorless cameras, however, by contrast, continue to offer only 320 to 420 shots, where 350 is the unclaimed standard. The main reason for this difference is always on LCDs, and both the rear LCD and EVF require quite a bit of power. DSLRs, by contrast, having only a rear LCD and on-screen display overlays require much less power. Secondly, most manufacturers orient mirrorless cameras at photographers wanting portability and discretion, but a trade-off for a compact camera is a smaller battery, thus limiting its capacity. Not to mention, many new mirrorless cameras also have in-body stabilization, such as Panasonic Sonic's S1 and Canon's EOS R6. This stabilization technology continually shifts the sensor, further reducing battery life in the process. But ultimately, while this is a con of a mirrorless camera, you can always buy spare batteries. And most cameras also offer USB charging like Fujifilm's X-T4 or Canon's EOS R6, letting you charge them on the go. So whether this is actually a deal breaker is going to be dependent on your workflow and your particular preferences. Let's move over to the next section though. Uh, that will be size. Most mirrorless cameras are inherently small by design. And this becomes a key advantage for these cameras since both systems use similar underlying technology. And any image quality differences in today's world are long, long gone. Thus, you can capture identical quality images without the size and bulk of a DSLR. For example, compare Canon's mirrorless EOS M50 to the equivalent 77 and 80D. All of these cameras share the same underlying sensor technology, yet the EOS M50 is a fraction of both of these camera size, and this is a significant advantage for traveling creators. But the main reason for the size difference is the internal pentaprism array of an optical viewfinder that we talked about earlier. And with higher-end DSLRs, this design requires more glass and heavier chambers, making the camera even heavier in the process. Removing this particular array and this design lets manufacturers slim the camera down quite noticeably and that's ultimately why these cameras are different in size. But there are pros and cons when it comes to size. The more simple internal structure makes mirrorless cameras well-suited for traveling creators, which is great. Take, for example, Sony's ZV-1 or Olympus's EPL-10. These cameras are ideal for capturing images while traveling on vacations or at outings like dinner parties or social gatherings. Plus, these cameras are also smaller and more discreet. Fujifilm's X100V is also a great opportunity to illustrate that as well, and it's one of the premier choices for capturing street photography because of its compact and discreet form. But many professional photographers do prefer the larger and more comfortable handling and reassuring body of a full-frame DSLR like Canon's 5D Mark IV. And this extra physical size does afford these cameras more real estate and space for physical controls, saving time going through the menus unnecessarily. Additionally, they're also more comfortable and better balanced since they have large protruded grips, and they're the go-to choice for those with larger hands for all of those reasons. But there are also cons. Namely, there are trade-offs with such a compact mirrorless design, and that trade-off is battery life, sensor size, control layout, and ergonomics. And their small sizes often mean smaller controls, shallow grips, and general discomfort. So many users, especially those with larger hands, find them very uncomfortable and difficult to use. But most full-frame DSLRs outweigh their mirrorless counterparts, and the difference is huge. 
Many DSLRs average 20% heavier than smaller mirrorless cameras. Take for example Canon's 5D Mark IV versus Sony's A7R Mark III. The difference here is 203 grams, which is easily noticeable in hand. So handling a large camera like the 5D Mark IV will easily cause arm strain with prolonged use. Thus, there's also a group of photographers who find DSLRs unnecessarily large and unwieldy by comparison. So ultimately, which camp you'll find yourself in here will be largely dependent on the size of your hands and what you find comfortable. Let's move on to the next factor, lenses. Lenses are another consideration between these camera systems. With mirrorless cameras only truly coming to market around 2014, they haven't had the best start. Canon, Nikon, and Pentax all have three decades or more under their belts. With that, they've had substantially more time to refine their native lens ecosystems. And third-party manufacturers have also had plenty of time to create nice alternatives. Even so, DSLR manufacturers are starting to slow the production and development of new lenses. So while this is undoubtedly an advantage, it will not last forever. And all current mirrorless manufacturers have diverse lens collections with the proper complement of zooms and primes. So this isn't necessarily a true deal breaker unless you specifically want to use vintage lenses on a mirrorless body. Thankfully, the current DSLR manufacturers all offer mount adapters to convert their existing legacy mounts into their mirrorless equivalents. Take the Nikon FTZ adapter and Canon's EF EOS R adapters for instance. These let you use their existing glass on new mirrorless bodies without restrictions and performance decreases. But there are cons to this as well. One of the notable cons outside of sheer versatility in the ecosystems alone is the lens size. While you can indeed find many compact lenses for mirrorless cameras with cost, weight, and size savings, that's not always the case. When you opt for high-end lenses, they end up matching comparable DSLR lenses in size and weight. But the key issue here is that the smaller general form factor of most full-frame mirrorless cameras undermines their handling and it makes the entire system more unbalanced, reducing the camera's reliability somewhat since you can introduce vibrations caused by handshake. Now, this isn't an issue with all lenses. Instead, it's usually an issue with large telephotos and fast prime lenses over 150 millimeters. So in these circumstances, you'll wanna purchase a battery grip to improve the handling and help balance the camera, but doing so will defeat much of the advantage of mirrorless cameras in that regard. The next and final factor will be video. Video shooting has been a key advantage of mirrorless cameras since their debut, but DSLRs originally pioneered video with interchangeable lens cameras, and the 5D series is what really took that title and brought it to a truly professional level. The main reason for this advantage is that mirrorless cameras are inherently designed for live view shooting, unlike DSLRs, which offer this as a secondary mode. Manufacturers have also tirelessly poured developmental resources into improving their capabilities, and today, even mid-range mirrorless cameras offer vastly superior video functionality than most DSLRs. Even so, many high-end DSLRs are now bringing excellent video functionality, like Nikon's D780, which offers 4K 30p with a hybrid AF system taken from the mirrorless Z6. And it's the first camera to bring DSLR video capabilities truly in line with mirrorless cameras. Sure, Canon's done similar acts with their dual pixel equipped models like the 80D, 5D Mark IV, but the D780 takes these abilities forward. Even so, that doesn't change the fact that Canon, Sony, and Panasonic have taken things far past that level. Each of these manufacturers has a model with 5K or higher resolution with 10-bit raw output capabilities, and we haven't seen such powers on most DSLRs quite yet, besides Canon's 1DX Mark III. So ultimately, there are some cons. 
Even with manufacturers pouring more resources into refining DSLRs, it's still quite unnatural for these cameras since they're oriented towards photography by design. DSLRs aren't designed for full-time sensor readout by having the mirror upright and locked at all times, and it's something that will likely cause wear to the housing over time. Additionally, most DSLRs don't have confident live view focusing systems. Many default to a contrast detection based system instead. Canon's dual pixel equipped models and Nikon's D780 are currently the only real hybrids. Otherwise, most are only suitable for one shot focusing to set the focus point before recording. From there, you'll want to focus manually. Overall though, if you're going to shoot video casually, a DSLR is still sufficient, but for serious filmmakers and cinematographers, a full frame mirrorless camera is going to be best. So then which is best? Let's close with some parting advice so you can select the best platform for your workflow and desired medium. Selecting the camera type will likely be dependent on a handful of critical features that impacts your workflow the most, but right now I will list the main reasons we've seen as key deciding points. So when should you choose a mirrorless camera? Choose a mirrorless camera if you're a sports street wedding or photojournalist photographer and you want to be discreet. The slap of a DSLR's mirror is audible within five feet away. So if you want to be discreet and shoot unnoticed, you'll want a mirrorless camera. There you can use the silent shutter option to remove the shutter slap altogether. Otherwise look for a mid-range or higher DSLR with silent and live view capabilities. But know you'll likely lose some focusing ability in the process depending on the camera. Next, choose a mirrorless camera if you want a hybrid camera that can shoot both stills and videos. You should also choose a mirrorless camera if you want to shoot high-end videos, including documentaries, weddings, commercials, and films with autofocus. Otherwise, look for a DSLR with 10-bit raw output via HDMI, then record to an external recorder. There you can get some enough quality despite the differences in resolution. You should also choose a mirrorless camera if you want a compact, lightweight, and portable camera that you can easily travel with on location, or if you're an influencer or content creator looking to blog or vlog. But now when to choose a DSLR camera. Choose a DSLR camera if you prefer a camera with a large and comfortable grip, you prefer cameras with physical buttons, toggles, and controls rather than using on-screen menus. You want a rugged and highly durable camera ready to take some abuse over the years. You want all day and then some battery life, or you prefer the viewing experience of an optical viewfinder. Additionally, if you're a sports wildlife and journalism photographer shooting fast paced action and the viewing latency becomes a reason you're missing shots, or if you're a beginner on a tight budget, as Nikon's D3500 and Canon's T7 remain the most affordable new releases to date, and they outcompete most comparable mirrorless cameras in raw image quality at this price as well. And lastly, if you're a photographer and you don't plan on shooting video whatsoever. So there you have it, my friends. There is our perspective on mirrorless versus DSLRs. For more information, check out our website, photographypx.com. You can also look at the pinned comment in the description down below, and I'll take you right to the full post. I've been your host, Devon Linux. We'll see you in the next video. Thank you for watching today's video. I hope you found the contents of today's video insightful and it added value to you. If you're new here, please consider subscribing if you haven't done so already. Also, leave us a like and a comment in the description down below. Let us know if we overlook something or we missed something that we covered in today's video. I've been your host, Devon Lennox, photography. <laughs>